0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 654. You follow your passion, embrace the opportunity, and have fun while you're doing it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com Hello automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, John Larson. Hey John, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Man, I'm ready, Mark. Okay, we'll do a little off-roading. In the Jeep today, John Larson is the CEO of Bestop, the largest manufacturer of soft tops for Jeep Wranglers and CJs in the world. They're also the sole supplier of factory soft tops for Jeep Wranglers since 1986. They have had a long history of innovative and high-quality products. John worked at General Motors Corporation in several significant positions, including General Director of Finance for U.S. Sales and General Manager of the Buick, Pontiac, and GMC divisions. He was also the COO of Escort, a leading manufacturer of radar detectors and other automotive electronics accessories. John's lectured at Purdue Cranard School of Management Executive Leadership Series and is a guest lecturer at Illinois University School of Business. He's also served as the lead director for the board of Car Auction Services, which was voted a top public company in Indiana. John, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career, your business, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Sure, you bet,
1: Mark. You know, fortunately for me, the automotive bug bit me I think when I was about 14 years old. Uh and from that window on, loves cars uh started with having a a kit car that I was rebuilding that my father had purchased and spent a year and a half trying to get it ready for my driver's license. And uh I will say it probably wasn't the best riding car, but it was one I certainly loved back then and <laughs> from then I've been in the auto industry my entire career. Graduated from Purdue with my masters and immediately went to General Motors. Had 13 assignments in 20 years, and uh, just love the auto industry. Love being involved in it. It was always my passion. So when I had a number of job offers, uh, I jumped at the chance to move to the Motor City and work at General Motors. Um, last couple of roles there, uh, you know, obviously running Buick, Pontiac, and GMC truck was a big role, and really enjoyed it from the marketing, sales, the launching of products, the getting in the product development and design, and then moved on in the private equity world. To be the CEO for Escort Electronics, I um, did that for five or six years. Took it through a sale, with fun launching products again. You know, I've always been really drawn to passionate brands, leading brands in an industry, and something that had immediate consumer relevance and importance. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Very much enjoyed that. And now in the last year and a half, so fortunate to have a great assignment here running Bestop Inc. And as you mentioned, uh, a real leader in Jeep space and the aftermarket space as well as the OE space and just a passionate community of owners. And so, you know, lucky me. My life, I've I've been able to work in an industry where people love their vehicles, work on vehicles and have a lot of passion. And here I am. And I appreciate you having
0: me on the show. Oh, absolutely. Well, you definitely figured out the secret sauce to life, and that is uh, ways to work in your field of passion. And my next-door neighbor, Bill, who's a regular listener, is smiling right now because uh, he has a Jeep. He loves his Jeep dearly. And when I told him I'd be talking to you today, he got very, very excited. So hello to Bill, a Jeep fan. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. Some kind of saying in your life or your business that has a instrumental meaning in forming your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, John, take the wheel. You know, I, I tell you, they asked me to write a little something
1: for the grads to my alma mater if I was starting out. And I simply say it's follow your passion. Uh, yes. And that's where it exists. You follow your passion. Embrace the opportunity and have fun while you're doing it. And quite honestly, if you do that, I think you're going to be successful and work. Work is fun. Work is something you'll do well at. So
0: follow your passion and go for it. Well, let me ask you this. Since you give these inspirational speeches to these students, sometimes when you ask people what's your passion, they have a hard time answering that. So is there any kind of advice you can give those young people out there that, that are struggling with that? I know we're cars, yeah, we're all car people, so our passion is easy. Sometimes people have a hard time finding your passion. Is there any wisdom you can share for those young folks that, and even maybe older folks that are struggling with that a little bit? You know, I think mean, that's a great question. And I would simply say, what do you love doing? Mm. You know, as a
1: separate hobby of mine, I love architecture. I, I love design and homes, et cetera. And I, I find myself spending a lot of free time. Who knows? Maybe in my retirement, I'll, I'll spend some time designing log homes because that's something that I have a passion around. I would simply say, whatever you love doing, you'll end up being great at it if that's what you, You make your vocation.
0: You know, that's great advice. I asked that question once of somebody and they said, go to a magazine rack and which magazine do you pick up first? That'll give you an indication of what you're passionate about. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Very much the same way. Well, let's go back in time. You talk about being 14 years old and really getting bitten by the car bug. Is I'd love for you to share a, a story with us that instigated that passion for cars. Tell us that pivotal moment when you really kind of thought to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm a car guy.
1: You know, I, I think I always loved cars, and it's funny. It didn't really run in my family. But, uh, yeah, as a 14-year-old kid, I saw this kit car um, called a Bradley GT. Oh, yeah, I remember those. It happened to ride by me, and it had goaling doors. And, you know, it really wasn't much of a car. It was a piece of fiberglass sitting on a VW chassis. But to a 14-year-old kid, I just thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. So I wrote a business plan to my father, and I said, we should be reps for this car. I contacted the company. We get a car for half price if we build one. And then we can be sales reps for it. And he looked at me like I was nuts. He was a dentist, but he never turned a wrench in his life. Yeah. And um, that didn't happen. But he happened to ride by one for sale in a used car lot a year later. And uh, after buying it cheap, that was my my working. My working car for a year and a half to get something where the electronics actually worked. The lights would turn on. The interior actually um, was something you could sit in. And uh, that's where the passion started right there.
0: Oh, my gosh. What a great story. I remember those things. Yeah, they were kind of funky. uh, But they did look like something very exotic. But they definitely didn't come with the Ferrari price tag. So (laughs) very cool. I'd forgotten all about those cars. Well, John, what I wanted to do is have you share with us uh, a road you've driven down that's really been a challenge or even a great failure that you've faced along the way. You've been involved in so many different aspects of the automotive industry. I mean, working for a huge company like General Motors and then jumping into the private equity business with, with smaller companies and trying to build them up. I'm assuming you've had somewhat of a roller coaster ride in some areas of your life. But of course, the most important part of this is what did that situation, that challenge or that failure teach you so you could come out on the other side?
1: Well, maybe I'll take a personal approach to it. Perfect. 27 years old, uh, three years in with General Motors. Um, <clears throat> I've been promoted to a manager in a product development role and was absolutely loving it. Had a little cough hanging on and my secretary said to me, you know, you should go have something checked out. And so I went to see a doctor and at 27, I found out I had aggressive lymphoma.
0: Oh, no. And I
1: was told I had a 50-50 chance to live. Oh, my gosh. And <clears throat> I would say at that point in time, you go through it. But when you go through something like that, it's the best thing that could happen to you from a long-term perspective, as long as you get through it, because it gives you such a different appreciation for life. Yeah. And so I would say that was probably, uh, you know, obviously the biggest physical challenge I've ever had. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In my life.
0: Wow. Well, I appreciate you sharing a really personal side of your life. You know, Maybe we can take one step further here and some kind of uh, advice or word of advice you can offer those listeners out there that might be facing something like that because everybody's facing some challenge, but when you're facing a health risk, a health challenge, something as serious as that, that and to hear those words from a doctor, you have a 50-50 chance. I'm 27. Are you crazy? That can't be happening to me. What's a word of advice, wisdom, optimism that you can offer somebody of why that was a positive experience in the end for you?
1: Well, you know, I'd simply say that, I mean, it's, it's a difficult thing to hear for sure. But um, I, you know, I kept a positive outlook. I never thought at that young age that the outcome would be, would be the wrong outcome. So, keep a positive frame of mind. But in the end, I'd say what it really does is it allows someone who is very type A, which I still am, just to, to really step back and understand the importance of family in life and what you're really trying to accomplish. And uh, it just gives you a better perspective moving forward. It helped me tremendously in my career where I could be in what someone consider the highest pressure situations with the president of the largest corporation in the world at a point in time having a debate. And you thought to yourself, this is important, but it's not life or death. Yes. So it just provided a real good background and a very helpful, just a helpful positioning for how you should approach
0: life. Nice story. Nice story. Thank you for uh, for going there with us today. I like that. Well, John, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. Now, you worked at GM for what, 20 years? Is that right? That's correct. 20 years. And then you changed and went to a smaller company to help build them and now a different company. So tell us about that career aha moment for you. Why you saw those headlights heading down another roadway, if you will, and Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success.
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, uh, one interesting one was um, post-9-11 in the largest industry uh, for the U.S. in the automotive industry. So, you know, obviously the tragedy of 9-11 speaks for itself. But the moments right after that, there was a complete standstill in the U.S. economy. And, I mean, it was never more evident than it was in the auto industry. We didn't sell it. The dealer didn't have a person walk in. There was no air travel. We had all the rental cars and rental car companies being sent back to General Motors one after the other because people couldn't travel and they wouldn't, so there was no need for those assets. It was an interesting moment, and, um, you know, I remember getting an email at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning from the North American Strategy Board, and that was the week following 9-11. And as you recall, there was no travel. For the senior team at General Motors was actually over at the Geneva Auto Show, and so they were stranded in Europe, and no one could get back. They arrived back over the weekend, Monday morning, and literally we hadn't sold a vehicle. And we had dealers panicking, and we were wondering what was going to happen at this point in time. And I was told there was a conversation with Washington, with General Motors saying, is there anything you can do to help get the economy rolling? And so I got an email at 9 o'clock in the morning with a couple of other people that said, we have the 5 o'clock today to come up with what we are going to do to change what's happening right now in the U.S. auto industry. So, uh You know, it was an interesting eight hours.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think so. Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) To come up with a strategy or a proposal. And, um, you know, what it really came down to, and we went through many different, you don't have a lot of time, so I'll take you through all the details of it, but essentially it came down to canceling every global incentive program that General Motors had at that point in time, which was, I believe, over 200 programs. And to focus on one very simple direct message, and that was 0% financing with a tagline of Keep America Rolling. And you know, in a matter of hours, we pulled it together, we understood what we could do, what we could offer, uh, what would make sense, how much it would cost us uh, for the year, and what it would do in terms of positioning in the industry. And so at 5 o'clock, that meeting, there were four of us that had a meeting with the president of North America. And we had an interesting conversation, and he said, you're sure we can fund this? You're sure we can handle all of this? And at the time, I was CFO over U.S. sales and marketing. And I said, look, uh, we can do this and we can execute it. It's a very clear message and it'll be very direct. But the reality is price is never a long-standing competitive advantage and we may be matched by the entire industry. And in that case, we simply would have raised the price of doing business. Mm. And although Ron Zarella takes a lot of heat for his time at General Motors, he said a really interesting thing in the aha moment you're looking for. He looked at me and said, if everyone else in the industry matched us, it would turn this economy around and be the right thing for the country. That this is a bigger point in time than just General Motors. This is about what we need to do to get America focused again and get back on track. Nice. I really thought that was a pretty prophetic statement. Yep. You know, and the rest of it's a little bit history. We implemented that in three days' time. Um, Launched an entire program, ad campaign, changed our messaging – And sales actually went up to, if I'm recalling correctly, close to 50% higher than our sales rate was prior to 9-11. And that was within 10 days.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. And in
1: fact, the interesting thing was when the head of reporting came, the head of our economic staff, to talk about sales, he didn't tell us for two days because he said the systems were broken because he couldn't believe how sales had absolutely gone from nothing to the fastest sales pace we had had in years. Wow. It was really interesting how all of those things came together in the American spirit. You had dealerships painting their showrooms red, white, and blue. Everyone got around this particular time. And, um, you know, it was really all parts joined together that really drove a uh, tremendous resurgence, which got the economy and, and just the thought process back on track post 9-11. So that was a really interesting, interesting moment for me.
0: Uh Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. that just incredible story. And Moving a giant ship like that so quickly, can't even imagine how that actually happened. It's just a testament to great people, great teamwork, great people working together, great leadership saying, okay, we're going to do this. This is the new path we're going to take. So, wow, what a story. Well, how about proudest career moments? I would assume that's one of them, but is there one that stands out for you that you could share with us?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I, you know, I had such an opportunity in so many different situations at General Motors, but, you know, one was launching the Pontiac Solstice. You know, launching that vehicle was Bob Lutz's dream to have a two seat roadster. I was brought in to run Pontiac uh, about four months, or five months prior to launching that vehicle. And uh, we actually did a partnership with The Apprentice and Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, that's, or not.
0: <laughs> that's funny.
1: And we made it a function of the episode. And no one had ever sold a car before you built it before. And we came up with a program that simply said, and at the time I was looking for classic Corvettes. And I had a 58 Vet, and I loved it. And I thought, what made these vehicles so valuable now and what happened 50 years ago and I thought what could we do with the solstice to launch it and make it a collector car in the future so we decided to come out with 1,000 special specially numbered vehicles that were unique signature piece from Bob Lutz I believe but the first 1,000 solstice we decided to offer them up for sale this was in April and this was three four months before we were even going to start production on the vehicle and we had one working vehicle that we could use. So we partnered with The Apprentice, and we offered this up, and we had a show, and it ended up at the time was one of the top shows in the in in the U.S. in terms of viewership, Mm -hmm. and we had such an incredible response that post-show, we simply said, now's the time, go online, get your certificate from Pontiac.com, and get your chance to have one of the specially numbered first 1,000 Solstice offered up for sale immediately. Go get online, get this, go to your dealership tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and order your Pontiac Solstice. So uh, the next morning I came into work and we knew it was a big issue when dealerships were calling me up saying we have people lining up.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we said,
1: well, let's check the website and see what's happening. They said, well, 25,000 people at 11 o'clock last night downloaded their form to want to buy one of these vehicles. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. So, so we immediately started a triage process, which can the systems take it at 1 o'clock when the people are signing up? Yeah. We have a limit for number of dealerships. What is going to happen? What does the message say if someone tries to order a vehicle and I call their distribution group? And I said, what if someone goes in a dealership and tries to buy one? They said, oh, they'll have one in July. I said, well, we can build about 1,000 a month. If 20,000 people ask for it, they won't have it in July. So we need to blank that screen out immediately.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So 1 o'clock came along, Mark, and um, we all were kind of holding our breath a little bit. And guess what happened? The system
0: crashed. Yeah, that was going to be my first thought. (laughs) Kaboom.
1: Well, of course it did. It came up 41 minutes later, and at that minute, within one minute, we sold the first 1,000 solstice.
0: Wow. Awesome.
1: We went on to sell 8,000 the next day. Oh, my gosh. And the reality was, within a week's time, it was the number one selling roadster in the U.S. because the Miata, who is the number one selling roadster the year below before I believe sold 8300 units total mm. and within 10 days we had that many orders wow nice we ended up winning the uh the uh, the con um, the golden line at the con uh uh-huh. in France for the best integrated promotion in the world that year yeah Um, advertising aides declared it the opening the keys and the number one best integrated promotion, uh, not just in the auto industry, but in industry that year. Mm -hmm. And my team really did a spectacular job. I was just fortunate to be part of it and oversee it. But it really was a, a unique moment to do something different on a very passionate vehicle. And all the parts of it really came together and you know, when you end up selling in 10 days more than other people, the number one selling roadster sold in a year in the U.S. Uh, I think it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good launch for that vehicle.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, it was so, that's so cool. The whole concept of a u- very unique way to market cars. And of course, nowadays we see a lot of that. A lot of the car manufacturers are using very unique platforms and situations to market cars, unlike anything they've ever done before. Uh, especially when you go to places like Pebble Beach or May Island, where you have major manufacturers there with their ride and drives and they're just doing all sorts of different things. But back then that was kind of an unheard of thing. Nobody had ever thought of doing anything like that.
1: People generally didn't buy a car sight unseen where they wrote a check right and there wasn't even a physical property in a dealership of course now tesla has done some of that now mm-hmm. but uh, i haven't really heard of that kind of uh, level of pre-orders on a vehicle line you, even since until tesla has certainly done it a time or two
0: well not at those levels you may see that at, at the special deliveries for ferrari lamborghini or even porsche exactly. special exactly model right. groups but not on mainstream vehicles no correct. not and not at those numbers not even close so wow what a great story that's awesome well Let's go back in time again. I'd love for you to share a story about your first really special car. You talked about that kit car, so maybe that's the one, but maybe there's another one, a car that you finally got that you always wanted, and and share a memory with that vehicle.
1: Well, you know, I'd say it would be the Austin Healey. I had an Austin Healey replica, a beautifully done car. I think a, a company named Classic Roadsters, but a beautiful steel frame, um, a very modernized powertrain with a 302 fuel-injected Mustang GT engine in it.
0: Nice. You know,
1: the reality is I had a company car handed to me at General Motors, and, and don't take it the wrong way, General Motors, but it was a Cadillac Fleetwood. Okay. <laughs> and I think I was 29 or 30, and I'm yeah. like, this can't be my car. So I actually went online and found this uh, Austin Healey replica for sale, and it happened to be like five miles from my house, and I thought it was destiny. So yeah. candy apple red, wire wheels, and went out and purchased it. Gosh, it was my passion for years. I drove it all the time, whether it was to go golf or up to northern Michigan, and uh, you know, it was just kind of my my sidekick. It was a car, and so I changed the suspension on it, which made it light like, years better, and uh, worked on the power steering, which uh, shook like a kit car shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did it first, um, but once. Once we got that sorted out, um yeah, it was a great car. I had it for ten or twelve years and actually sold it to a close friend a couple of years ago.
0: Very cool. Speaking of selling cars, how about sellers remorse? Is there one car you've owned that you just really wish you had back in your garage?
1: Yes, yeah, my fifty
0: eight vet. Uh yeah.
1: I wish I had it. Its value keeps going up, so I don't think I saved anything by selling it. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah.
1: You know, it was beautiful, white with the silver coves and a red interior, and it was just a beautiful vehicle, but I had two small girls, and I found myself hardly using it, so uh, yep. I unfortunately sold it, but I'm now on the market because I'm going to replace it with another uh, another beautiful Corvette. I'm not sure exactly which one yet, but I have a feeling
0: it's going to be a C2. Ah, okay. Very cool. Well, let's talk about today, and I'd love for you to share a little bit more about Bestop. Let our listeners know more about this company you're involved in now, uh, what Bestop does, why it's so great. What has you excited and fired up today about Bestop?
1: Yeah, I tell you, this is, this is spectacular, great opportunity. I've been here, um, I came summer of 2015, so almost a year and a half. And the idea around Bestop, I mean, Bestop itself has been the premier leader of soft tops for Jeep. So we supply the Jeep directly. Uh, we supply high-end aftermarket tops. We also do bumpers. We do power steps. We do seats. We do floor liners. We do a lot around the Jeep itself. And As one of the premier brands in the Jeep space, I have a unique ownership structure. So Magna, you know, one of the second largest automotive suppliers in the world, is part owner. And Kinderhook Industry is a very aggressive private equity firm uh, with great success in the automotive aftermarket is our other owner. And together... They're looking to build just a powerful, high-end Jeep accessory company. Mm. And uh, I was lucky enough to get brought in to oversee that that strategy and that growth here. So, you know, we are really pulling together. Bestop is a premium brand. My belief is high-end brands, treat the customer right, build the best product you can in the segment mm-hmm. you're in, build great partnerships, and treat the customer because it all starts with the customer as number one. <laughs> yeah, That's the philosophy we have here. Um, we've acquired three companies in the last three months. Wow. That would be Tuffy security products. So, you know, Tuffy, very high-end, the lock boxes that go in trucks, that go in your Jeep if you're on the road and you have your top-down, whether it's to secure your firearms or any valuables in the vehicle. We just bought Baja Designs Lighting, the top off-road lighting racing provider for the motorcycle market, as well as the buggies, Baja 1000, et cetera. So uh, a very high-end lighting manufacturer where that's become a big space in the Jeep space. And we recently bought Morris 4x4, which is one of the largest online Jeep sellers of products. So they carry close to 20,000 SKUs. Wow. And so we're really just aggressively growing in the space, picking out those premier brands that provide the ultimate product to the customer, and really building a company in Bestop, Inc. that can provide anyone with their Jeep Wranglers what do you need as some great off-road products.
0: Sounds great. Wow. Well, awesome, awesome business that you're involved in there. Great products. I was uh, fortunate enough, to again, to be at SEMA this year, and I did stop by your booth and took a look at what you guys were doing, and it really is nice. I mean, really, really high quality. I'm a picky guy, and uh, I saw the kind of quality that Bestop provides their customers. So, uh, again, my next-door neighbor, Bill, is going to be smiling, very happy.
1: Yeah, you know, we're in a unique space because we have – full automotive, TS-certified manufacturing, because we are an OE supplier. So we're that bringing that high-end, preeminent quality into the space. And, you know, the beauty is it's such an enthusiast owner base. And, you know, as car guys, to work in a position where you have customers that just love the product, they live and breathe it, you're out on the trail, they're honking at me, they see the best top B on my vehicle, they want to come up and talk about products all day long. It's just great to be in the space, and it's great to have an ownership structure that's investing so heavily in our business just to bring out new, innovative products.
0: Well, it goes back to the beginning of our talk where you pick a field you're passionate about and uh, find a way to make a living in it, and uh, life will be pretty darn nice. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, John. If John was a car or a Jeep, what kind of car would John be and why? (laughs) You know? I might be overstating it for myself, but I'd say it'd be a, a
1: C two that's a nineteen sixty three through seventy three vet. Uh-huh. But a resto mod. Ah. So I like something with the classic style and lines and, and I just love history. Yeah, And I think that uh, that vehicle, just from the Harley Earl days and the days of design in the auto industry when it really was king, is a beautiful design.
0: Yeah. But
1: the rest of the mods they're coming out with now, I love having a modern powertrain. So imagine a an LS powertrain from a Corvette and the modern-day suspension in that beautiful design. I think uh, at least that's what I would hope to be. I wouldn't say I'm exactly that. <laughs>
0: Boy, oh, I've had so many very, very skilled and creative builders here as guests on Cars Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure one of many of the dozen designers and builders that have been here could build you something pretty darn nice. So or just walking around SEMA, there was probably a few cars there that would, would have fit the bill. So uh, I can't wait for you to get that. I hope you get it real soon. Sounds fantastic. Well, John, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra sipc Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to buy cars and keeping them looking new. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber custom floor mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy to install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Okay, John, we're back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh,
1: treat the vehicle like a brand and not a piece of hardware. Make sure you don't oversupply the marketplace with it. and Make sure it delivers exactly what the customer needs.
0: Ah, perfect. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Always have a smile on your face and be positive. <laughs> yeah, I know you're that kind of a guy. So perfect again. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources out there. But is there one in particular that you enjoy that you think the CarGel listeners should take a look at?
1: Yeah, you know, there's one I really like, and it's called Car Gurus. Mm. If you've ever seen CarGurus.com, but if you're looking for a vehicle, uh, being an analytic guy, it walks through the entire marketplace and it tells you what that used car value is and provide you the vehicle you're looking for with the best price out there in the market. So it will find the vehicle for you and say this is priced five or six thousand dollars under market for everything you're getting. Mm-hmm. And so whether you're looking for a new C seven vet or whether you're looking for a Jeep Wrangler, that's out there. I just love searching through there because it handles all the issues for you. Writes their algorithm and gives you the top ten ones within a hundred miles of your house if you're thinking about buying a new car.
0: Well, very nice. I'm familiar with the site, but it's the first time anyone here, I guess, has recommended Car Gurus. I'm very glad you brought that up, and I'll make sure that it's listed on your Car Gouls yeah show notes page. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think the Car listeners would enjoy reading as well?
1: Yeah, you know, in terms of the auto industry, um, I've just about finished reading Crash Course. So that's a, a book by Paul and Grassy, and it kind of talks about the rise and fall of the U.S. auto industry and what it's looking at post-bankruptcy. But, you know, it really gives you a long-term view and insight into the auto industry, what the American auto industry, what challenges we had, what got us to the position we were in, and, you know, what the future holds for us going forward.
0: Great recommendation. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources on John's show notes page at com slash John Larson. There's another great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and the past 653 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's an awesome resource if you enjoy reading all recommendations by all the inspiring automotive enthusiasts who've been on Cars Yeah. All right, John, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. I have an idea of how you're going to answer this, but sometimes people surprise me, so let's see how you do. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, and money is no object, I'll buy you whatever you'd like today, what would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why?
1: You know what it's going to (laughs) be. It's going to be that 1967 C2 Corvette in a complete restomod format. It's going to be in a beautiful red traditional Corvette color. Um,
0: That would be me. That would be you. That yeah. is just a beautiful vehicle with those
1: historic, beautiful design and lines in it. Yeah. Um, with that modern day architecture.
0: Ah, uh, that's going to be fun to build for you. So uh, I'll get to work on that. I'll call some of my best builders and designers, uh, get them going on that for you, and see if we can't get you that before Christmas time. How does that sound? That sounds great to me. Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, John, I better
1: start, I better start saving up. Uh,
0: well, I'm buying it for you. You don't have to save anything. <laughs> I'm taking care of the whole thing. So, buddy, it's 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 Christmas time's coming. It's from me to you. So. Don't worry about it. You just need to make the hard decisions like power plant, gearing, wheels, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's all the fun stuff anyway. Be happy to do that for you. John, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you and Best Stop, the company. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 67 C2 Corvette Restomod? Sure, Mark. You bet. Just quickly, follow your passion and have fun while you're doing it. Absolutely important. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow you and learn more about your company?
1: That would be great. Just go on to www.besttop.com or certainly go on to Facebook or Instagram or even go on any of the Wrangler forums. We're very active there. Uh, It's a great space and uh, appreciate anyone out there. Contact us. We'll be happy to provide you the product, and we'll make sure you're satisfied.
0: I can guarantee it. Well, listeners, again, you can find everything John has shared on his Cernos page at CarsYow.com. Just type John in the search bar, John Larson. That page will pop up with links. I encourage you to check out what Bestop and all the other brands have to offer you because you're going to be really excited. John, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the CarsYow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks very much, Mark. Have a great day. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Thank you.